God bless you all. Look at your wonderful faces. It's so good to be in the UK. It's, do y'all know that I'm from America? <laughs> so it's so good to be here. Um, I have many, many, many people to thank. Uh, first, I want to thank Pastor John and Pastor Alice for hosting me here. Uh, it is a tremendous blessing for me to be here. And I just thank you from the bottom of my heart. God bless you. I want to thank all of you for being here, right? Without you guys hearing what the Lord has to say and then going out and activating it, it would be all for nothing. So thank you for attending. I also want to give a special thanks to uh, Evangelist Scott's mom for being here. Hi, there she is. Hi, Miss Sheila. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to brag about your son in just a second. But, um, but thank you all for being here. Um, I also want to thank Pastor Luke the tremendous host. I, I, I was telling some people back home, I said, they treat me like I'm some big name evangelist, man. I mean, it has been tremendous. And thank you so much for the wonderful hospitality. I go home Tuesday. So um, tomorrow I have one day to kind of go to Paris and come back to London and do it all in one day. But, um, but thank you so much for everything. It's just been absolute phenomenal. I'm just so in awe of the Lord. In the last two weeks that uh, we actually trained Jesus at the door, all combined, um, even before I got here, and then even after the training, we've seen nearly 300 people uh, give their lives to Jesus. And this is inclusive of Muslims and Sikhs. And, uh, and the, the Lord is powerful. And I'm going to talk about Jesus at the door in a minute. But lastly, um, it will be remiss of me to not honor the person that the Lord has used to totally change my life, and that is Evangelist Scott McNamara and his wife, Jay. I get emotional in talking about them because I honor them so much, and I am just so tremendously thankful for all that they've imparted in my life in just one year. I'm a CFAN evangelist, uh, associate evangelist. I'm a boot camp graduate. Uh, and at the end of boot camp, evangelist Scott told me, uh, out of all the boot campers he could have chosen, uh, that the Lord marked me and asked me to be his executive uh, assistant. And then I later, within just a few less than a year was promoted to uh, executive director of Jesus at the Door. And uh, like I said, just sitting under him and learning one-on-one -on -one evangelism, there's no way, I, I don't think, there's no way I would ever do evangelism any other way because Jesus at the Door has proven to be fruitful. And, and one thing, if, if, if you have never undergone a training I will say this, that Jesus at the door was not birthed in a seminary. It wasn't birthed, you know, with Evangelist Scott being in a prayer closet. It was birthed in real life, out in the streets, working and evangelizing as the Holy Spirit downloaded to him all of these intricate nine points that make our equipping card uh, right here. So all of the points on the back of this card came straight from the Holy Spirit. And when we, when we say, it's, it's almost like reading the Bible, if I can say that. It's, you know, how many of you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God? Every single word in that book, right? And if it is uh, uh, the uh, empowered word of God, it is 
we don't need anything else. We don't need to add anything to it. We don't need to take anything away from it, right? It is power personified all by itself. And so if the Holy Spirit also gave these nine points, which he did to Evangelist Scott, all we have to do is read the card, say what's on the back of the card, and it will be just as powerful. And I have never seen uh, an evangelism tool more powerful than Jesus at the door. So I'm a little biased because I've seen it work. I've seen it work in every day, you know, a few times a week we go out every single week and we're seeing the Lord draw so many people, so many broken people to him from all walks of life. And if you've never led anyone to Christ, this is not a, a diss or a slight, but I'm telling you, there are, no matter where you are in the grocery store, on a train, on the bus, there are people all around that need Jesus. They need Jesus. And, and, and sometimes we want to cherry pick and go after the e easy targets. But I'm telling you, there's, there's people all around us that really need Jesus. If you're tuning in online, thank you so much. I honor you too. Thank you for joining in with us. And we are in for a treat. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. We are in for a treat, you guys. I'm so excited. I feel like I'm sitting in the seats too because the Lord is about to minister this word to me too. So um, let's pray real quick. So Lord Jesus, we thank you so very much for the hour has come now, Lord, for us to hear what's on your heart, to be moved, my Lord, to action. You don't just speak for naught, Lord, but you speak with purpose. You speak to empower. You speak to mobilize. And Father, today in the name of Jesus, our hearts are open to you, Lord, to hear what is on your heart, to empower us to move, to present the kingdom of God to a lost and dying world. Father, we are ready to receive. We are ready to receive. And I submit myself, Lord, as your servant, I am nothing at best without Jesus. I am a sinner. I mean, truthfully, I don't even look like this with no makeup, y'all. I am nothing without Jesus. But Lord, with you, we are everything. We are empowered to be great by way of the Holy Spirit, not for our own sake, Lord, but to edify Jesus to promote the kingdom of God. And so, Lord, would you speak to us clearly, precisely, Lord God, to our hearts and mobilize every person that is listening. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now, let me tell you before I get started. I am in love with Jesus, all right? I am in love with him. And so, in my love, I might get a little excited, just bear with me, ride with me. Is that okay? All right, I might get a little excited, but just ride with me. Now, how many of you have been praying for revival? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how many of you, I, I want to see how many hands. How many of you have been praying for revival? Now, hear me. I'm not talking about just pity patting five-minute prayers quick. I'm talking about that James 5 prayer where you're fervent and you're, you're effectual. And, 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 and it's, almost like, um, it's almost like Jacob when Jacob was wrestling with the angel. And he says, I am not leaving and I, I will not let you go until you bless me. I'm talking to someone.
someone who has been praying for revival, fervently praying on your knees saying, Lord, I will burn a hole in this carpet until I see revival come to this generation. I will rub, Lord God, the wood on this ground until I see breakthrough and your glory revealed in this earth. Lord, I have got to see change and breakthrough come in this city. Is that anybody in this room? That's only about three people. (laughs) Is that anyone in this house who is saying, I have got to burn. I'm burning, Lord. Do you know what fervent means? Fervent is is, is, uh, uh, zeal, is passion. Like, it's, it's almost like praying so much until your stomach hurts afterwards. It's, 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 I'm giving everything, my soul, and everything is, is, is put into this request. Is anybody praying for revival? Yeah? Mm-hmm. Well, good. You're in the right place. And so am I. Uh-huh. So am I. Because we know that the devil is running rampant. Everything is out of the closet. Nothing is there anymore, and we need to see God. We need to see God. Um, it was, a, I was right before I came to um, the UK, the Sunday right before I left, I was in Nations Church, which is my home church, uh, Christ for All Nations, and um, the Holy Spirit, he gave me a word. He just dropped this in the middle of worship, and this is what he said to me. He said... Jesus at the door is the catalyst to bring revival in the land. For as many as would grab hold of this train, they will see revival uh, brought to their nation. Jesus at the door will springboard pockets of revival, excuse me, pockets of revival movements all around the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know that probably doesn't make sense why that would be interjected right there, but it will in just a second. Because even after being here, the Lord continued to speak to me. This is what he said. Right before I was about to go up and do a training, I'm literally being introduced, and I hear a download from the Holy Spirit. And, and, but this time, it wasn't that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. It's like he took me into heaven and allowed me to hear a boardroom conversation. Uh-huh. And, and as I began to listen to this conversation, I was, I was even more so drawn in because of what I was hearing. And, and can I tell you what I heard? Uh-huh. This is what I heard. I heard an urgency, a voice of urgency, where as if someone ran into the boardroom and said, hey, there's some prayers coming out of the UK. Uh huh. And they're praying for revival, and man, those prayers are are re- relentless. They're praying a night and day. We got to do something about it. What are we gonna do? We got to do something about it. They're praying and they're praying and they're expecting to see change. They're expecting to see a movement. They're praying for revival. They know what it is. <laughs> yeah, this city knows what it is, right? Yeah, they're expecting it. And, and so the Lord was allowing me to hear this conversation. And then here comes a question. Well, yeah, let's answer it. Well, who are we going to send? Who's going to be the ones we use to bring forth this revival into the land? How many said they've been praying for revivals? Yeah, it's going to be you. 
It's going to be you. It's going to be you on socials. It's going to be you. Yeah. The Lord is going to use you. The ones that are thirsting for it. The ones that are hungering for it. The ones that are broken when they see that there is a need for Jesus to be manifested in this. How many of you have encountered a situation and it just broke you because you knew there is nothing within myself that I can do for this one? There is nothing that I can do, but God, you can do everything. Like Gideon. Gideon says, how many of you have prayed? Like Gideon. Where is the God and where is the miracles that our forefathers told us about? Yeah, he's going to use you. He's going to use you. Are you ready? Are you ready? And he says, revival is not predicated on the one who has the largest social media following. It is not for the one, or it's not predicated to the one that, that, that uh, is the most credentialed or the most educated. You're not excluded, but it's not just for them. It's for everyday people that are willing to yield themselves to, to allowing the Lord to, to, to be so empty inside to where the Lord says, okay, you're ready. I can use you. There is nothing that you're seeking except to be found pleasing in my sight. Mm. He's looking for the one who is willing to yield in partnership with him. Did you hear that? He's looking for the one who is willing to yield in partnership with him. Mm -hmm. He's not looking for the one, like I said, that is the most educated, but he's looking for the one who is willing to abide in him. Yeah? Abide. Abide perpetually, continually. Let's look at it. Let's let's look at uh, John 15, verse 1. I want to give you two witnesses to what I'm telling you. John 15, verse 1. This is the ESV. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Now, what is, in, in those two verses, what is the, the, the heart of the Father concerning the fruitful branch? What is the heart of the Father concerning the fruitful branch? That he prunes it so that it can bear what? More fruit, right? He prunes it so that it can bear more fruit. Let's jump down to verse 3. Verse, excuse me, verse 4. Verse 4 says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, what is the requirement to be fruitful? I must abide in him to be fruitful. We cannot do it alone. So this is the partnership that I'm speaking of. He wants to be in partnership with him to be fruitful and doing the work he's called us to do. And what I'm seeing, and, and, and we, I think we've all seen it, where people are going out on their own. Yeah, yeah, I've, I'm called, I've, I've been ordained, I, I know a lot of scripture, so I'm going over here. But if the Lord is not over there, it will not bear fruit. And, and that's the difference, that's what we must know. Verse seven, 
If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. There's a lot right there. So we got this name it and claim it type of gospel. Just name it and claim it. Well, there is a prerequisite. The prerequisite is you have to abide first. You have to abide perpetually. It's not name it and claim it. It's when you're abiding in me and I'm in you, then you can ask. Because what we'll ask is, is par for the course, is, is what we need to get the job done. It's not me asking for somebody's husband. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. I, if, it's, if it's just uh, ambiguous, why well, I could just ask for anything, it doesn't work that way. I have to abide in him, and then my asking is going to further his purpose. My desires and his desires are linked. So whatever I'm asking for, he's desiring me to ask for him for it so he can give it to me. How do you know that? Remember when um, um, Sodom and Gomorrah, where fire and brimstone was going to rain? Lot was there. There needed to be someone to intercede for the righteous. Otherwise, the fire and brimstone would have consumed them too. So what did God do? He raised up an intercessor. Per adventure, there's one. And, and, and what the Lord is saying here is when you abide in me, your desires become mine. And so you would only ask me the things that I already desire for you to have. Do you see how that works? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Abide in me and I in you. And ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. And here's verse 8, my favorite verse. By this my Father is glorified. How? That you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. How is the Father glorified? How is the Father glorified? That we bear much fruit. Not just a little bit. Not just a slither. Not just my family is blessed or my business is blessed, but we bear much fruit. And this is how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Partnership. All of this is partnership. Let me give you another example of partnership. Do you remember this, the story of Peter when, when uh, he was out fishing all night? Anybody know that story? He caught nothing? All right. Peter's out fishing all night. Caught Nothing frustrated, discouraged, he comes into the shore. He sees Jesus at the shore. Jesus says, hey, go cast back out. Peter says, man, I've been out there all night. There's nothing there. He says, all right, but since you told me, I'll go do it. He casts his nets out. And the Bible tells us that Peter pulled in such a great catch that he needed to call partnerships, collaboration, come help me to catch what, what, what the Lord just told me to pull in. If, if, do y'all catch that? Uh-huh. I need help pulling in the harvest. So he started to call his neighbors, hey, come help me. This fish, this, this, this uh, uh, catch is so great, it's even causing the boats to sink. What was different? the night before when he caught nothing, to now going out just a few hours later and catching so much that he needed help to pull it in. If anybody was the, the best, the, the subject matter expert in fishing, certainly it was Peter. Yeah? Certainly. He, he knew the waters. He didn't take anything different. He didn't get in a new boat, find a new pond, take new equipment. He didn't do anything different. He didn't have new bait. He went out exactly with what he had before. But why was he able to catch 
a great harvest of fish than the night just a few hours before. You know why? Because the first time Peter went out, he went out on his own. The second time he went out, he went out in partnership. And verse 8 in John 15 says, here is how my father is glorified, that you bear just a handful of fruit. No, that you bear much fruit. Jesus was glorified when Peter pulled in that harvest. And what did Peter do? He repented before the Lord. Yeah. Fruit will cause things to happen. Fruit will cause things to happen. So in this boardroom meeting, we, what was already discussed is that, okay, we're going to answer this revival request. It's pouring in. The prayers are coming in. Okay, we've heard it. We're answering it. Who are we sending? We're sending everybody. We're sending anyone who would avail themselves, who will empty themselves and allow themselves to become partners with me, that will partner with the Holy Spirit, that will, will uh, empty themselves of their own desire and their own self-ambition. And take me on. Do it in partnership with me. And now the question is, how? How are we going to facilitate this revival? How? Mm, good question. How? This is where that prophetic word came in. Jesus at the door is the catalyst to bring revival in the land. For as many would grab a hold of this train, they will bring revival to their nation. Uh-huh. Jad, Jesus at the door, will springboard pockets of revival movements all around the world. So what is, what is the Lord saying? The Lord is saying that in this next movement of revival, it's going to come by way of evangelism. Oh, that's exciting to me. That's exciting to me. Yeah. It's going to come by way of, of evangelism. Now, if you hadn't, Jesus at the door is a simple yet powerful gospel presentation. And guess what? I'm not talking to that is going to, when I say that it's going to come through evangelism, I'm not saying the evangelist. When Jesus gave the great disciple or gave the great commission, he wasn't talking to a whole bunch of evangelists. He was talking to disciples. Yeah? Uh-huh. And he says, go out into all nations making what? Disciples, not decisions. Uh huh. Every disciple starts with a decision, yeah? But at the end of the day, he wants disciples. So what the, there's a follow-up process that goes along with the decision. That is our responsibility. Now, it doesn't mean you have to be an ordained evangelist. How many of you know that we're all given the ministry of reconciliation? Uh-huh. We're all given the ministry and the message of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Amen? We're all given it. This for everybody. The whole church can be mobilized in evangelism. The whole entire church can be mobilized in evangelism. And, and if you, like I said, if you've never seen or done Jesus at the door, it, the gospel is on the back of the card. Just read it. Just read it. Showing this image alone will cause people to fall to their knees. It's so anointed, guys. It's so anointed. We have seen grown men break down in tears just by looking at the image of Jesus knocking at the door. 
break down in tears, fall to their knees. A child, this has actually happened with Elijah, Pastor uh, Evangelist Scott's son, seven years old, presented Jesus at the door using the cart. A grown, tall, grown man just fell to his knees in tears, crying. It happens more, more times than we can count. It's a simple, now here's the thing. This is a reaping tool. It's a reaping tool. It's not a sower's tool. There's a difference. In, in uh, Luke, Jesus said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends what? Laborers uh-huh, into the harvest. Jesus knew it was problematic so much so that we have to pray about this. There's so much harvest, but so few laborers. Hey, guys, let's pray to the Lord of the harvest that he sends more laborers into the harvest. Now, if he's praying to send more laborers into the harvest, it's reaping time. Yeah? It's reaping time. It's not time for sowing. It's time for reaping. God is raising up evangelists to go out and reap the harvest. That is how we're going to see revival. That is, you've been praying, you've been fasting, you've been diligent in praying. Lord, send revival. He says, go out. Go out. What are you waiting for? What are we waiting for? No one has to ordain us. Nobody has to lay hands on us. Pick up the gospel and go and share it. Yeah. Yeah. So in this boardroom meeting, there's a strategy. And the strategy is evangelism, equipping people, everyday believers, to share with everyday people the gospel, a simple gospel, a simple gospel. Now, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 34. I want to remind somebody what it says in Corinthians 2, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5, that we are ambassadors of Christ. When we do Jesus at the Door training, um, there's a Barna Institute statistic that we incorporate into the training. And that statistic says that 96% of the wider church are not leading people to Jesus. That means a mere 4% is left to do the heavy lifting. A 4%. And in that percentage, some people has never led anyone to Christ. In uh, In that percentage, some people has never even shared the gospel of Jesus. And, And here's the thing, that's not a rebuke to you. By me saying that, that is not a rebuke. What it is, I venture to think, especially working with Jesus at the door, I I tend to think people just don't know how. We don't know how to share the gospel. Evangelist Scott didn't know how to share the gospel until the Holy Spirit taught him. 
And sometimes, you know, when we don't know how, we lean on certain giftings like the gift of healing or words of knowledge to break the ice of insecurity, to go and approach people. Meanwhile, hundreds of people are walking past us. Lord, give me a word. Give me a word. I'm going to stay right here until I get a word, until I get a word. Or, oh, there goes somebody on crutches. I'm going to go pray for them and lead them to Jesus. We want, we want to seek the easy ways, right? But everybody needs Jesus. And, and, and suppose the strategy of God is a simple gospel that you can share with everybody everywhere. Everybody, the only thing that it takes from you is courage. It's courage to share it. Now, I'm going to say this, and I know I asked you to turn to Exodus, but this is a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your hearts, okay? Now, in your phones, do you have pictures of your loved ones? like your, uh, your grandbabies or your children, and, and when you're at work or say you're on the bus or somewhere, somewhere, and, and what do you do? You pull out your phone to a complete stranger, right? And you say, hey, let me show you a picture of my grandbaby, right? Or let me show you a picture of my son or my daughter. And, and, and you're so proud, right? Anybody? Any, has anybody ever done that? Okay. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody's done that. Okay, all right. So just follow my example then. I'm sure somebody's done that somewhere, right? And, and you pull it out, thank you. And you're so proud, and you show that picture to perfect strangers. And, 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 and when you're showing that picture, what you're not anticipating is for them to look at your picture and as you're gleaming and you're spelling and you're bragging on this beautiful child. What you're not anticipating them saying is, that child is so ugly. Who's waiting for that? that? That probably never happens. But if you can be so bold to show a perfect stranger the love of your life, certainly you can pull out a card and share Jesus, the lover of your life, with someone who doesn't know him. It's the same thing. Just swap out the pictures and start talking about Jesus. And the easy part is, see, is see when you start talking about the, the, your loved ones that's in your phone, you don't need a script. It comes out natural because you're in relationship with them. You know them. It's easy to share them, yeah? It's easy to share. I, no one has to tell. I don't have any children, but I'll show a picture of my mom in a second. And nobody has to tell me what to say about her. I know her. And I can brag on her all night long. Brag on Jesus. Tell people what Jesus did. Tell them what he did. He's died for you. He loved you so much. Do you know, who do you know that will die on your behalf to save you from an internal punishment? Who do you know that would do that? It's easy to talk about him when you love him. It's easy to share him. I don't care what people think. I don't know, there goes that holy roller. Yep, here I am. <laughs> yep, that's me. I, it doesn't matter what people think. All, let me tell you, the Bible tells me this. If I confess him before man, he's going to confess me to the Father. No matter what happens, whether I'm rejected or accepted, he is gonna re, uh, uh, they're going to confess me before the Father, and that's enough for me. That's enough for me. Now, here's where it gets really good, guys. It gets really good. So we talked about it. Who are we sending? All of us, right? What is the strategy? Evangelism, sharing Jesus. Yeah, that's, that's going to work. Now, now, here's what the Lord is saying. Now, 
we got to give them something else. We got to give them something else. When they share Jesus, when they share the gospel, when they step out of themselves, do it in partnership with me and go evangelize, there's something else we have to give them. Uh Uh-huh, it's right here. Exodus, whew. Now, if this don't get y'all excited, oh, I will do laps in this building myself, okay? Exodus chapter 34. Now, I'm going to read it in ESV, but I love how it reads in the Message Bible, but I'm going to read it in ESV first. Exodus 34, let's start at verse 10. And he said, he being God, said, behold, I am making a covenant before all your people, and I will do marvels which have not been seen or created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you shall see the work of the Lord, for it is awesome thing that I will do with you. Now, let me just stop right there and let me read that again in the Message Bible. I'm telling you right now, if you don't stand up on your feet and get excited about what the Lord is doing, I have to question if you're really going to be sent. Because this thing right here stirs the hearts of people that have been believing and praying and fasting and break, and and, and there's something that is on this. And so I'm here to tell you, if you have been praying for revival and you're saying, Lord, if nobody goes, send me, this is your answer right here. Let me tell you what it says in the message. It says this, and God says, as of right now, I'm making a covenant with you in full sight of your people. I will work wonders that have never been created in all the earth in any nation. Then all the people with whom you're living will see how tremendous God's work is, the work I will do in you. I think I can hear the people clapping at home. I see you guys. I hear you guys. Listen, do you hear that? Let me tell you, preaching and power goes together. How do you know that? Paul says, look, I'm going to tell you if, if they're really who they say they are. I'm going to come and I'm going to listen to what they're saying. And if they have no power, throw it away. Because my preaching is not just with enticing words of man's wisdom, but it is in, so my preaching and my power is in the demonstration and manifestation of the Spirit of God. Come on, somebody. If you don't get excited about that. So in this move of revival, what is the Lord doing? He's sending you. He's giving you a strategy. And he's going to back you with signs and wonders. Oh, Lord, come on, Jesus. All right, let me give you a witness, and then I'm done. Oh, maybe I'm done already. (laughs) All right, two minutes. Mark 16, let me just say this. Mark 16, chapter, or Mark 16, verse 20. Then the disciples, I want to show you, I'm going to tie all this together. Then the disciples, the ones, you can't be a, a disciple of Jesus unless you're abiding. 
Uh huh. You can't be a disciple unless you abide in him and, and you in him and he in you and you're following. And the disciples went out and preached everywhere. What did they preach? They preached the gospel. They preached the kingdom of Jesus. And the Lord worked with them, partnership. The Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied. What is that? Wonders that have never been created in all the earth in any nation. So I'm here to tell you, you want to see revival in this nation? You want to see revival? I will dare for you to do it in partnership with the Holy Spirit. I will dare for you to surrender everything. Surrender everything. No more games. No more trying to promote your own self. No more trying to promote your own ministry. Do it in partnership with, in collaboration. Like Peter, come and help me pull in this great catch. I don't care if you're trying to steal fish. It ain't about that. Can we do it in partnership with the one who wants to be in partnership with us? Now, in my closing, I will say this to you. Maybe you're here and you're, I love what you're talking about, but perhaps even you on social media, perhaps you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Perhaps maybe you do have a relationship with him, but it's been wavering. Maybe you've been straddling just a little bit. We read John chapter two. Maybe you're that branch that's in him, but not bearing fruit. Uh Uh-huh. Or maybe you're a believer already, but you, you just need some fire. You need something to ignite the passion again. Perhaps it was lost. Whatever, wherever you find yourself, if you want to be a part of this movement that God is doing, I want you down here. Come down here and let us just pray over you. Let us pray of you. If you want what God is talking about today, if this is in your lane, if this is what you want, I would dare you to stand up out of your seat and come down and meet me at this altar right now. Right now. Thank you, Jesus.